One year later, it has been a real exciting ride Getting to have my loved ones here by my side Teenage me would love to find a reason to why Cause I'm shy now This version of Joel wants to be your talking guy Another new season of Not Your Average Joel starts right now. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not Your Average Joel. So last episode, um, it was a solo episode, and I got to talk to y'all about social media trolls. And this is my second episode of the season. And uh, you may recognize this guest here with me. She was actually in my last episode of season three. And she's actually my first guest of season four. So everybody, welcome back, Deanna. It's so good to get to have her back here on the channel. She's been on here a few times. And we've had some really good conversations about just different things, whether it's about like loneliness or success or even entrepreneurship. So it's always good getting to see her and getting to have good conversations with her. So welcome back, Deanna. It's good to have you here and thank you for being on here. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Can you believe it? Season four. This is incredible. Joel, you have been doing such a terrific job hitting such hard topics. Thank you so much for doing all this and having me. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much. It's always good to have like guests like you and many others on here that are willing to join and just talk about all of these topics, whether they're the fun ones or whether they're the hard ones to kind of address. Like, I'm glad to have people like y'all on here. And I can't believe that I'm at season four. It's like I've been doing this for a year now, and it seems like I just started yesterday. <laughs> wow, I could believe it. Yeah, so I um as I know I mentioned this in the last episode, but you know I told all of y'all that I was doing a lot of traveling. I told y'all where all I went to, like D.C. and I went to Philly and you know many other places, Delaware, Maryland, uh, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Nashville. So like I've done a lot of traveling, and Deanna's actually done a little quite a bit of traveling too here recently. She actually while I was in philly i was hoping to meet up with her but she was gone because she was out of the country she went to jordan and israel so before i even tell everybody what this topic is about i just want to hear from her uh, right quick i just want to hear how it was just because i i've always wanted to go especially to israel and i really want to go to jordan because of petra like so those are like two countries that i would love to go over to one day so i was just kind of curious how was your experience there and like did you learn anything while you were there? Yes, I was so sad to miss you, Joel, when you were back around here. But no worries, we'll have to get together another time soon in terms of that. Israel and Jordan was incredible. It was such a unique trip in itself. Uh, Jordan is definitely like the adventurous type, everything from like stargazing in the desert to four-wheeling in the desert to seeing Petra, like one of the most magnificent sites uh, candidly I've ever seen it, it it was probably the most incredible stone city foundation anything that I've ever seen before I was in awe when I saw Petra but there is a lot of walking be warned there is a lot of walking or if if you are brave enough to essentially ride a camel or a mule in terms of it it is a full-on city 
So one thing I will recommend if you're planning on going to Petra one day is definitely taking more than one day. Uh, maybe take two or three just because it's so broad and you can see so much and do so many different activities in terms of there. Israel was the most enlightening trip that I've taken in a while is what I will say. There's so many different religions. Like it's not just one predominant religion is what I will say. You have Jewish, Muslim, Catholic, Christian, and you, you get to see so many people who are so passionate about their religions and their cultures. And it's basically like a melting pot there. And even if you're not the most religious person, being able to appreciate the history of what created the world was just life changing. Like I, I cannot recommend the trip enough, especially if you haven't been there. So definitely one day put it in the books to go. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Oh, yes, absolutely. I definitely want to put both of those on my list of things to go and places to go because like especially Petra, like and just being in the desert, something about that would just feel like a such a cool like Arabian. Like I think of like Aladdin for some reason, like Arabian Nights and stuff like that. So like I would love to go to Jordan for sure. And definitely Israel um, because. Well, I know, like, when you look at the news, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's out about Israel, like, in war with, like, I think, Palestinians and, you know, and, and people are kind of sometimes scared to, like, go to places like Israel. But for some reason, like, I've never really had that, like, nervousness to go to, like, Israel. So, like, and you, you mentioned how, like, passionate everyone is about their, like, religion, because I know that's, like, like Jerusalem specifically is like a holy land for like three different religions and like and just seeing how it's a melting pot like you said I think it's really uh interesting and you know I would definitely just love to just get to experience it all even though um even though I'm not like Muslim or Jewish but like I do consider myself within like you know christianity but i think it just would be so cool to see all of the different like histories the historical stuff uh, for all backgrounds and i just think uh you know it's definitely going to be on my list so i'm glad from your experience that it was a great time and it makes me want to go even more now <laughs> yes and what i will say is yes it's important to listen to the news and what's going on in the world but take it with a grain of salt, especially if you're going somewhere that's not like that you don't feel the most safest. Like for me, candidly, Europe, I feel very confident in Europe. I've been to a lot of different places in Europe. So there I feel very confident in whenever I'm going to countries where it's not somewhere that I would be like, oh, I can manage my way around or I could do this. Booking with a tour company is always the best because they're going to pull the tours if anything is going on or happening. Like they will strategically put you in hotels and hostels where if there's a needed exit route or anything in terms of that, like, so they will, they will strategically make sure you are safe anywhere you are. And that way you can have the confidence and you will have literally a local person there who's telling you, Hey, this, that, or the other thing, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. And then also they take you obviously on all the religious tours as well which is really the main thing that you're there for. So that's my tidbit. Whenever I go to countries, including Egypt, I've been to where it's like not the most safest or people claim, you know, you shouldn't go there or you should hold off. Don't let other people decide what you want to do in your life, right? Because those have been my favorite, favorite trips where it hasn't been 
the most safest or the most traveled by for Americans. Yeah, that's actually some really good advice. You know, I definitely I'm going to take that in and, you know, not, you know, make it to where I don't go just because media may post something about it. And like you said, the, the tour guides and all of them, they they will take down a trip if it's not safe. So I think that's really good of like EF Ultimate, you know, to do something like that. So I definitely might want to consider, you know, going on a trip with EF Ultimate to Israel for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear that your travels went well and definitely my travels went well as well. So I'm glad that we were able to get to this point to where now we can do another recording. You know, I've kind of got to where I'm slowed down on the traveling for now, but I'm here in July. I'll be out again, out of state again. So uh, anyways, everybody, uh, we are kind of on short time, uh, Deanna's got somewhere to be. So we are going to go ahead and get into our topic of the day. And I have a few questions for her about this topic. So I'm going to tell everybody what it is. So today, the topic is on actions versus words. So uh, we hear these different phrases that are thrown out within society. Pr phrases like actions speak louder than words and like practice what you preach. And even like, if you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. And I feel like, you know, of course, everybody uses all three of those phrases interchangeably because they have like the same, basically the same meaning within all of them. And I feel like you hear it so much because people value it so much. Like people, um, you know, take take that seriously for the most part. There are some that do not. So that's why we're talking about it today. So my first question for you is... Um, why do you think that it's important that we should be intentional on putting actions to our words? Yeah, this is a huge topic, actions versus words, because you can say anything. You can say anything that you want. We have freedom of speech, which is absolutely incredible. But when you're speaking, essentially people expect you to follow up on that like that's just the culture and society that we're in people are watching you now that when you're talking whether it's social media whether it's posting whether it is a family dy dynamic or a work dynamic when you're saying something people are listening and then they're setting their own expectations for you so essentially if you're a person who actually takes action and follows through and what you're going to say that is going to build your brand so much. That is going to make you make people want to be surrounded by you because they're like, Deanna said this, I believe her. I believe she's going to give me a phone call back or she's going to do this, that, or the other thing for me. Versus if I don't follow through with anything, they could be like, oh, Deanna's a little flaky. Like you can't trust what she's going to say. She says she wants to travel, but she'll never book a tour with me or she'll never do this, that, or the other thing with me. So like, Actions are basically you backing up and giving yourself credit in terms of whatever you're saying. And that's not to say you can't change your mind or you can't change your decision or this, that, or the other thing. But you have to be able to explain and be able to support whatever decision you're making or whatever action you're making. And not taking an action is taking an action too, which I've also learned the hard way. Like if you're plagued with indecisiveness, and you say something or even you don't say something that is an action that you're taking as well and that will come across as well to other people because so many things like so many um whether it's communication non-communication how you are within a room 
that is what makes other people interpret and perceive you and yourself. So it's super interesting. And it comes down to how you want to build your own brand, how you want to be perceived in this world. And then basically, if you don't like your reputation, if you don't like how you're coming across, what you can do to improve that, what you want to be known for and as. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I think, you know, a lot of things that you said on in there was really good, like specifically no action is real, uh, not doing nothing. It's really action itself. I think that's really uh, key. You know, and I've even learned that here in the last few years about that, because, you know, I never even thought about it that way either. I'm thinking, well, if you're not doing nothing, like, how is that action? But really, it is action. Like, maybe if you're if you're not maybe speaking up and standing up for something like maybe that you believe in, but like you're scared to say something about it, then it's like, really, it's like you're enabling the other side, you know, or whatever, you know, so it could be, I could see that for sure. And then another thing that you said was like, you know, your perception or like your brand is like, you know, if you value like your, you know, like the way that people perceive you, or the way that, you know, you want to have a good reputation, you want to have a good brand, and you want to be someone that's very dependable. So I think that, yeah, if you, if you say you're going to do something, and you don't follow up on it, it does make you look like you said flaky, it makes you look like someone that, you know, like, they're not going to trust you, they're probably going to be thinking, oh, like, I don't know if I can take take their word, you know, take them for his word, because he, he said this before to me, and then he didn't, made it show up so i think like integrity like when i think of like you know this whole question i think of like integrity and how we should value like integrity and like being like honest not only with other people but with ourselves too like if we say we're going to you know step up to the plate and do something that we should take action to it and not just let our words fall flat so i think that's very important for sure thousand percent I definitely agree with that yeah so um I think that was you know really good to bring up just because I know um some people you know nowadays you know may just throw out like different things and you know not follow through with what they say which kind of leads me to my next question so one way that I feel like actions and words may not match up for people as you know, people will promise you something like they'll go through a promise and, you know, and a promise is when I think of it, you know, I, I highly like think of like, I think highly of promises. Like I think, okay, well, this is like, you're definitely going to do something. Like if you said, oh, like, I, let's just say I'm a, like, I'm someone that maybe is trying to quit smoking. If I say I promise I'm going to you know, try to, I'm going to try to quit smoking here in the next like month or so. And, you know, I'm, that means that like, I'm really determined that like, I'm going to, you know, try to quit or try to at least like lower the amount of times that I smoke or something like that. So, or like trying to even put any kind of effort into it. So when I think of a promise, I value it highly. And, and I feel like most people probably think of a promise as, you know, something that, like, you know, you value highly, but like others may not, and they may just promise something and, you know, to somebody just to make that person feel better about it. And then they may not follow through with it. So my next question for you is um, when a loved one like makes a promise to you, 
uh, do you usually just take their word at face value or are you more of the type that you you like I'll see it when I believe like I'll believe it when I see it or does it just depend on the person and the circumstances Yeah, so I think for me, it ties back a lot into what you said at the beginning, the integrity of the person, how and most of my family, I know very well, right. And I'm sure a lot of people know their own family very well, too. So if I know Uncle Sam keeps his promises, or I should say lives up to whatever he's saying or his word, then I know that if he's promising something, or if he's saying something, he's going to follow through with it. Versus if I know cousin Joe, and obviously these are made up names, but if I know he's not living up to anything he says, or he's not following through with it, then I'm not going to hold his promises in high regard in terms of that. So it all comes down to you knowing the person. And then if you don't know the person taking that leap of faith, are you going to essentially trust them? What have their actions, what has the background shown you about this person? And so I think a lot of it is judgment calls on yourself um, in terms like judgment calls that you make by yourself when you see these people like in their natural habitats or like what you've had past experiences with them. I was reading an article where it basically said you have to have 10 positive experience if you have one negative experience when you meet a person newly for the first time. You have to have 10 different positive experiences after that in order to change that perception. So even those family members that you know you can't like essentially trust, quote unquote, or you can't, you don't know if they're going to actually take that action, that's going to, they're going to have a long time to be able to prove that they're changing and they're growing and they're trying and striving to do what they're saying they're doing because you already have this brand and this image of them already. So it's definitely interesting. I don't like to stereotype people and say, hey, this person is flaky or this, that, or the other thing in terms of it. But it's important for you to trust yourself and your intuition. And if you're thinking about building your intuition, it's just paying attention to the little details and what they're showing you about their everyday life and their actions or words that they're taking. One thing I also want to point out that you hit on in the beginning was you spoke a little bit on basically it was tying into like the reaction component. And I want to make sure there's an understanding that reaction is different to action as well, because we can be talking about something and I can just have an off the cuff cuff reaction to whatever my experience has been or whatever we're discussing or saying. But then I can go through something else and then I can actually change that that thought process or that action or this, that or the other thing in terms of it. So I don't want people to think of themselves or think of others in a bucket as like being actionless or not living up to their word or truth if their word or truth is changing. Because we're people. We experience different things. We evolve daily, however long, like we need to be adaptable and flexible and it's okay to admit, hey, I was actually wrong when I said that or when I thought this or that or the other thing. This is what I actually experienced and here's why. Here's what I'm looking forward to. So just living up to basically what you said in the past and where you've gone in the future and people love that candid candidness. They love that honesty you have with them. And that goes back to your integrity and being real and taking action and showing that 
you know, you're working on you and being the best you you can be. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good that you bring that up. That you're like, you know, at the end of the day, we do evolve as humans and life and, you know, that reaction and actions um, don't like they, they could be, you know, different. So I think that's, you know, I think that's good that you bring that up for sure. And, and when it comes to um, like, you know, a, a loved one and like, if we trust that person or not enough to like take their word at face value, um, I think, I think it's really good that you brought up about like the 10 positive experiences and, and like, if you have like one negative experience, then it almost seems like it takes like a bunch more like positive experiences to like change your perception of that person. So I think that's really, um, you know, I like that kind of idea because it kind of goes back to the whole idea of trust. Like, you know, you hear about like, it takes like years to build trust with a person, but like seconds for it to break. So I think that like it kind of ties into that as well. So I think when it comes to to me, like with my loved ones, for the most part, I feel like I can trust most of them. There are maybe a few that, you know, I feel like maybe I have to like second guess it or like I have to like really think about it. But for the most part, I feel like I do trust most of you know my loved ones and that doesn't include just family so if, you know, if i have family watching you know my they're gonna be like what you don't trust me so i was like i as more than just y'all it's friends as well it's co-workers it's you know anybody that's involved in my life so you know it just you know i had to just definitely you know sometimes i do have to second guess myself because there have been times where i where i trusted somebody and and, you know, for their word and, and then they fall through, you know, they don't follow through with what they said. And, and then sometimes I fall into that same trap over and over again of, um, you know, just like letting them basically keep breaking their promise to me. And, and sometimes, you know, it takes, it takes a little bit for me to, to learn a lesson out of that to, you know, either not trust them as much or or maybe not have them in my life as much so you know i think uh it just it definitely depends on the person and the circumstance yeah, yeah. i like the saying fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me you know so when somebody shows me that i can't trust them or i can't have that integrity with them or anything in that regard that's when you see me start to withdraw, whether it's from a situation like a friendship, family, family ship, whatever it is. That's when you see me start to withdraw until you can prove that, you know, you deserve to have a position there. You deserve to have a response from me. You deserve it because essentially like you can't continue rewarding and putting your, your trust and faith in a person if they're not living up to what you need from them, right? And it's not just saying that it's transactional and I need something from you, but it's saying like, I would go, maybe I would go to the ends of the earth for you and you're not even meeting me halfway here and being able to provide the same amount of effort in terms of that. So why open yourself up to that? And that's not to say that you have to have this astronomical falling out. That's just to say, Maybe I'm not going to grab lunch with you every week. Maybe I'm not going to do this until you're able to, you know, better yourself and show that you're putting that effort in. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought about another thing right quick that like, you know, I feel like if you love 
you know, somebody like a family member or a friend and you like highly value them and you promised them something, then I think that like, if you don't follow through with it, then it, it kind of makes you wonder like, how much do you really love this person and value this person? Because it's like, if you can't even like promise to, to show up to, let's just say, if you promise that you're going to show up to, to dinner um, with this person on Saturday and, and they don't, and you don't show up for them and, and you don't even like let them know like, Hey, sorry, I had an emergency or I don't feel good. Um, it it kind of makes you wonder how much do you really value that person or, or vice versa. If it was done to us, like how much do they really care about the friendship or the relationship or the, you know, the family you know, bond that you have with them. So I guess that was just another thing that I was thinking of, like when it comes to, if you're not following through of your promises with like your loved ones, um, you know, it may be a time for like a self-reflection, you know, like you might want to take your, take a step back and just think like, what, what can I do better in this area? And like to where I can gain people's trust in me again, that like, I'm going to um, do better, like what, like following through with what I say I'm going to do. So I think it's just, um, I, I think it does as about like what it, I, I guess, cause like sometimes we kind of think of like putting ourselves first, like what is going to be good for me. And, you know, sometimes what may be good for us it may be, you know, like you would rather stay at home than go to dinner with this person, even though you promised them that you were going to go to dinner with them. But then sometimes it, it comes at a cost to where maybe they may not want to go with, to dinner with you as much if you don't follow through and at least explain to them or being at least honest about the situation. But if you just flat out not show up, then it's, it may cost you, you know, like to where you're not as close with that person or if it got too intense, then like you may not have a friendship with that person anymore. Right. And something that conversation just made me think of too is, the things surrounding expectations, you know, I've had mixed responses when I tell people that it's easy to form expectations on, on person, or I should say on different, different people in your life, um, on different situations and scenarios. But I feel like that's just our natural habit is to have set expectations just based on our background. And some people will say it's unfair that you shouldn't have any expectations and you should let people be themselves and live up to what they want to in terms of it and show you who they are. For me specifically, I still have expectations. I have expectations of myself and I still have expectations of other people I surround myself with because I know that I'm going to live up to the other people I surround myself with. And essentially, if I'm not surrounding myself with people who are meeting expectations, it's going to show me that, hey, maybe I'm okay ditching this or, or not living up to this, that or the other thing. And no, that's not the person I want to be. I want to be that person who is a cheerleader for another person who shows up, who is a constant support. So it's really interesting. I did want your thought process on, do you have expectations on like your family members, on your friends? Do you have a certain standard? Like what's that for you? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. And I feel like to be honest, I do have like expectations as well. And I almost kind of feel like a lot of it, especially with family, like I almost expect that expectation because like when I think of family, I think of like, you know, like it's almost like a, 
like, I guess, like a natural loyalty that you feel like you should have to your family. So it's like, if, uh, if you say you're going to do something, like if I have a family member, you know, that says that they're going to, you know, do this or that. And then, you know, they don't follow through with it. Then it's like, then I feel like you, because it's almost like, I feel like I've, I set them to a higher standard, like my family, than I do anybody else, just because, like, you, it's almost like you're a, a team, like you're a unit, and that, you know, and if they don't follow through with what they say, then it's like, hold on, you're like, you're family, like, you're supposed to, you're supposed to show up here when you said you were going to show up, and, like, if, if we were having a, a party for somebody, or, like, maybe a wedding, and you said you were going to show up, and and you weren't there just because you didn't want to be there even though you said you were going to be there it like it does make you start looking at them differently so i do say that like um that i feel like i definitely have expectations especially on my family to like show up when they say they're going to show up or support in the time of need when they you know say they're going to support so i definitely could say i, I for sure have expectations <laughs> definitely so yeah i think that's um you know, like a really good thing to have sometimes, but, you know, I know everybody, everybody's wired differently. So to each their own. So my next question that I have is kind of in relation to promises still. So I know many parents, like, you know, I know I'm not a parent and I know you said that you're not a parent either, but I feel like many parents that I've seen, um, like with their children, they do these like, and I even feel like I remember this when I was younger as like pinky promise, and I think that uh, I kind of like the idea of pinky promise. And I was just, you know, kind of curious, do you feel like there's like any benefit of like starting this habit of like pinky promise or promising with your children at such a young age? Yeah, I think there's the benefit of showing that you can live up to whatever you're telling them. Like, I think a lot of people take advantage not take advantage, but especially when kids are younger and they forget, they use that to their advantage. But it comes a point where kids start remembering that stuff too, when you're making these promises. And kids, kids' brains are like sponges. When they see that you're not following through or you're not coming through on whatever you're promising or whatever you're saying in terms of that, they're going to pick that up. And they're going to pick up that behavior and continue to grow and build on that behavior. So another thing I was reading was basically a study about how you can teach like this study specifically was surrounding honesty. It was like you can teach your children honesty for a whole, what was it, three to six months. And then you going to, let's say, a restaurant and telling them to lie about their age once in that three to six month time period so they can eat from the children's menu and pay less will tell them more about your behaviorism than that all of that teaching and that training in that three to six month period. And it's the same thing with pinky promises. Like if you are not following through and you just keep chalking it up to make them behave, to make them settle down, simmer down, do whatever you're asking them to do, then they're going to pick up on that. And then they may use that to their manipulation or tactic one day, but they're, they are basically many yourselves in training, right? Like they're studying all of your behaviorisms and mannerisms in order to develop their own. And so I think it could be very beneficial if you're using it the right way, but whatever your pinky promising or promising, make sure you live up to. Don't just give false hope or pretense because eventually 
it is going to show as just false hope itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I, I like that you even bring up about like, uh, you know, how some parents, you know, may, or, you know, have a kid lie about their age at restaurants just so they can get the free meal still or the cheaper meal. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it does tie back to like the whole, you know, like your kids, like you say, your kids' brains are like sponges. And like, um, as you're getting older, you're learning and like you, you learn, you know, specifically from your parents, you follow what they do and, you know, you kind of learn from them on like how they, talk and you know how they act you know towards a situation so i feel like the pinky promise uh like one big benefit is that like it is teaching your kids that like if you say you're going to do something that you're actually going to do it like you know do you pinky promise you're going to clean your room and you know if they do the pinky promise and it's like okay you said you're going to clean your room here in the next you know couple of hours so you know it better be clean and then i kind of feel like kids if they start with the if they value that pinky promise and if they see that their parents value it then as they get older you know they may actually have an easier time with like valuing promises and like i mean the adults may not go flat out pinky promise you know like that but like they may start with the whole idea of just you know like promising somebody and following through with it a little bit easier so i think that i think it's very beneficial for sure and um one like more final thought before we close out Um, you know, I know we kind of talked about it earlier, but like, you know, I was just thinking about like consequences that may come with, you know, someone that may not follow through with their word. And the only things that I can really think of is, you know, kind of like we said that like, you know, maybe there, we talked about like trust and like integrity that like, you know, maybe, and it probably even like the perception as well, like we mentioned, is that like people are definitely going to look at you maybe in a little bit more of, not so much of a positive light that they think they're like, uh, like, you know, I'm not sure if I can, you know, this person has promised me before that they're going to do something or this person said they're going to do something and they don't do it. So I think just definitely if you're going to, you know, say that you're going to try to follow through with something, then definitely just follow through with it. Because if you don't, and unless it's like a big emergency or you're really sick, like you definitely need to, try to, you know, live up to your word because you want to be a man or a woman of your word. And you don't want to be someone that has a reputation of just kind of being flaky or not really being someone that people could depend on. Definitely. Yeah. I a thousand percent agree with everything we spoke on. One thing I do want to bring up too is the saying, the saying is constantly misinterpreted, especially since we're talking a lot of this ties into families, friendships, everything in regards to that. So I always used to hear growing up, blood is thicker than water. And when I finally got into it and I really studied it, it was basically the saying's been misinterpreted for years. Do you know the actual saying behind blood is thicker than water, Joel? And it's okay I if actually, you don't because I, I actually don't. <laughs> okay. So it's the blood of the womb is so hold on. Cause I got to think back to it, but it's basically mm -hmm. saying basically that the blood of the womb is not thicker than the water of the covenant. So it's basically saying that who you surround yourself with is more important than just, you know, the family you're born into. So making sure you're surrounding yourself with the people who are living up to your expectations, the people who are supporting you and helping you to thrive in whatever life you want to live in, whether that's your family, your friends, whoever it is, 
That is the most important thing here. Whether you have expectations for them or you don't, surround yourself with people you can trust and you want to be like and a part of. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. I think that was like a, I, I love learning new different things. And even like in there in this podcast, that's like why I love doing podcasts because I love like just learning new things. And like, that was something that I definitely learned. I've never would have thought about that. You know, I usually do think of blood. And when you think of blood, you think of like just the family you were born into. And it's much more than that. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So that was really good. So Um, I know that we are, um, you know, at our time of closing and I'm definitely glad that we were able to do this. So I definitely appreciate you being on here today. Of course. Thank you, Joel, so much for having me. It's always a pleasure being with you guys. I'm super excited for your upcoming podcast. Make sure you guys are hanging around for season four because I know Joel has the best topics around. Yes, thank you so much. And this like uh, one more quick thing I was going to say before we close out is this is where actions and words, you know, line up like every time I will say this about Deanna right quick. You know, every time we get together, like I tell her, you know, we, we figure out a date and, you know, a time that we're going to meet up and she always follows through with it. She shows up when she says she's going to because there are some guests I don't and there's, you know, some have done it many times to me where they say, They're going to show up and don't. And, you know, I quit asking them now. I kind of make it to where they're not a guest on my podcast anymore. So I'm glad that I have people like Deanna and many others on here that have joined and say they're going to show up when they do. So I definitely appreciate you showing up. Of course, always here for the support, y'all. Yes, absolutely. So thank you, everybody, for watching, you know, whether it's on YouTube or even the short clips on Instagram, or I, I now have a TikTok page as well. Um, if you type in, I do, and not your average Joel. Uh, so if you type that in the search bar, you can find my page. And, and I also have a Facebook page. Uh, if you type in not your average Joel as well, you can find me there. And in the, in the closing Uh, like the closing credit, you'll hear a lot more about where else you can find my podcast episodes. So anyways, everybody, I hope that you all have a great rest of your day or night, depending on when you're watching or listening to this. And I will see you all in the next episode of Not Your Average Joel. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Not Your Average Joel. You should know the drill by now, but just in case if you don't, my podcast is available not only on YouTube, but also on most podcast streaming platforms, my Instagram page at Not Your Average Joel Podcast, and I'll also have a website that you can visit at NotYourAverageJoelPodcast.com. My episodes will be coming out every Wednesdays going forward, so be sure to come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Thank you once again for your support, and I will talk to y'all in the next episode of Not Your Average Joel. Goodbye.